0: Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as a maharat at Ohed Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C., and welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah, and this week we read another very short Parsha, Parsha vayelech. and I really think that the first pasuk has some of the most beautiful Torah on it. So the first pasuk is Vayelech Moshe, Vayedaber et ha'ela al kol Yisrael, that Moshe went, but literally Moshe walked and spoke these things to all of Israel. And then what are these things? The, he continues, I'm now 120 years old. Lo uchal od I can no longer go in and out. It's translated as I can no longer be active. And also God has said to me, you're not gonna cross the Jordan. And so God is going to take you. God is going to wipe out those nations. And here, Yahushua, he's going to lead you through that. It's, it, Moshe has many goodbye speeches in Devarim, um, but it's one in which I think he, in a very raw way, he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't mince words. He very clearly says, I, my time is up. And now it's up to God and Yahushua to take over. But there's a lot going on just with this word Vayelach. Like I said, it's got some amazing, amazing Torah on it. And uh, if you're looking for something to do the Shabbos, I really encourage you just to, to pick up a Chumash and, and look at the different and the different commentaries on what the word Vayelach represents. because. Vayilech here is a bit of an unusual word because it means he walked, right? He went. Usually, if someone's speaking, it just says vayadaber, right? Which it says is the third word here. Vayilech Moshe vayadaber. So why does it just say vayadaber Moshe? Why Vayilech first? Why does it say he walked? So today I just wanted to offer three different interpretations, though there are many, many more. So the netziv, to begin with, the Hamegdavar, the netziv, it's his commentary on the Torah. He says, why does it say Vayilach? It says, because until now, Moshe was able to speak in a way that the entire people could hear him. That the shechina medaberach garono, that the shechina, God's presence, would speak from his throat. In other words, he would speak but it was like God's voice coming out and everyone could hear him. But now as Moshe was getting older, that the strength of that voice was waning. People couldn't hear it as well anymore. And so he had to physically walk around while he was speaking so that the people, all the people could hear him because if he stood in one spot and spoke, people wouldn't be able to hear him the same way that they had been. Now, then I wanted to look at the Kliyakar, who in some ways, it says the opposite. He says, okay, the peop- he says a lot of the commentaries here on the word Vayilech, they focus on the fact that his physical strength was waning. That as Moshe approached he was 120 years old. He didn't have the physical strength anymore. And that is why he wasn't going to be able to lead the people across the land. He was just getting too old. He, we needed someone who was younger and who was stronger. But the Kliakar says, the, what is Vayelach that Moshe walked? What does that teach us? It teaches us that actually what Moshe wanted to communicate to the people was, I'm not physically weak. You might think that because I'm 120 and God is saying that I can't bring go with you into the land of Israel, that I'm physically weak. But no, he's walking around to say, I am still strong. It's I'm not going with you into the land of Israel because I'm not allowed to. But it's the fact that God isn't allowing me to, not the fact that I am slowing down physically. I am still strong. And then I think this is a very, very powerful Kliyakar to me, because I think then it begs the question of, and what I don't think is totally clear from the Kliyakar is, what tone is Moshe saying this in? Is he angry at God? Is he being defiant? Is he being stubborn or like, is this coming from a good place? Or is this coming from a bad place? What is the point? What is the purpose of showing the people that he was still strong? Is it of praising God and saying, look, I screwed up. And so God is therefore punishing me by not allowing, like, even I, the great leader can be punished by not being allowed into the land. And therefore Moshe is teaching them a lesson about God's greatness? Or is Moshe teaching them, is Moshe demonstrating to them that he wishes he could go with them into the land and that perhaps he's a little upset with God that God isn't allowing him to do so, right? Is he kind of stomping his feet literally or is this a, a a demonstration of humility, um, a, a, a really of showing that it's only because of his actions and God's decree that he not enter the land that he is not doing so. And I think you can really read it across the board of how of how the Kliyakar imagines that Moshe is speaking and how Moshe is walking. And I think that's one of the brilliant things about the Kliyakar here. I also wanted to conclude by looking at the Sforno also. The Sforno says something just so beautiful. He says that why did Moshe go to all of, why did he walk around? And he says, well, that he wanted to en, he wanted to engage with the people more. The even Ezra says something similar. He says that Moshe actually walked to the different shvatim, to the different tribes, to actually have some face-to-face time with them rather than just stand in one spot and speak. And why did he want to do that? Because they were really happy over this new brete that they had just established with God, right? That's what we saw in in the previous parshas is that they're establishing a new covenant together and it's an amazing thing. They're renewing their vows with God and they're very joyous. But now we have to confront once again, the reality that Moshe isn't going to be going with them into the land of Israel. And so Moshe walked to the different groups of people to to try to comfort them, to speak to them reassuringly, that it's not a sad thing that he won't be allowed in. That's not something he's struggling with. He's just trying to comfort them and keep them happy because they were happy over this new breed and Moshe's biggest fear, what he didn't want for them was that the fact of his death, the fact that he wasn't going to be able to go with them on their journey for the rest of their lives would compromise that joy. And so in order to preserve that joy, he went out and he spoke to them directly and he greeted them so that he could preserve their joy and comfort them. And we have to acknowledge that this Shabbos is the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And there's so much that can be said about that. Um, But one thing I just, I thought of when I read this Sephorno this year is the uh, if some some of you may have seen that i think about five years ago or so um a rabbi named erwin kula he took some of the voicemails that people left for their loved ones when they realized that they were going to be victims in this attack um and that they were not going to make it out alive and he chanted them um to the to the trope of echa and something i was listening to them again just now and something that really is very striking about the messages that someone leaves for their mother, for their spouse, for their children, right before they know that they're gonna die, is how all of them said, I love you and I want you to be happy and I want you to continue to live your life. It seems that there's a a common thread, a reality of the human condition is that when someone is about to depart from their loved ones, it's not, that the sadness, they want their sadness to overpower the dynamic. They don't want everyone to be mourning and miserable for the rest of their lives. They want to know that their loved ones are continuing to live their lives and to live their lives with joy and to build and to move on. And it's just such a powerful connection between this Sephorno. And this compilation of messages that victims of 9-11 left for their loved ones, such a common thread that it's all about comforting, not comforting the people who are going to die, not comforting the people who are going to be left behind, but rather the people who are going to be left behind, comforting those who are still going to be living. And it's such a powerful gesture of love and what it means to really love someone. And I think that with that in mind, the Sforno is a very, very powerful interpretation of Vayelach, as opposed to the Kliyakar, which is also very powerful, but it could perhaps be Moshe making it about himself and his own struggles and highlighting his own struggles with the fact that he's not allowed to go and saying, I'm still strong. Here, the Sforno is interpreting it in the opposite way, that Moshe is saying, don't worry about me. What the most important part the most important thing for you, B'nai Israel, is that you stay happy and that you stay joyful. And so I want to just set that as an intention for the Shabbos when we're in shul, we'll be in shul, certainly at least those of us on the East Coast at the times when the planes crashed and also when the towers fell. And to remember that one of the lessons of 9-11 is that we saw such a powerful human condition emerge. And that is one of true love um, and the desire for joy and the desire for the survivors to, to live and not just live, but to thrive and to enjoy the rest of their lives. Shabbat shalom.